Welcome to the Business Reboot Podcast. We're here to pull back the curtain of entrepreneurship and help you fall in love with the business of your business. We know every step forward is a chance to be more aligned in purpose, grow businesses that create impact, and live the lives we work so hard for. Sometimes all you need is a reboot to get started. Welcome back to another episode of the Business Reboot Podcast. We are so excited because today we have our dear friend, Jessica Rasdell, who owns the Speak to Scale podcast, as well as all of the speaking teaching that she does. Um, She is a dear friend because I was actually a part of um, one of her intensives and masterminds years ago. So she taught me everything that I know. Humbly, I'm going to tell you, she taught me everything that I needed to know about speaking in and through my business and um, in helping other entrepreneurs with the things that I know from the stage. So Jessica, we are so excited to have you here um, and we would love to introduce, have you introduce yourself to our community. So kind of tell us who you are and what you do. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you guys so much for having me and I can't get enough of you, Corey. And while Corey sits here and says that I taught her all this stuff about speaking, she's also just not bragging on herself enough that she also attended one of our events and photographed it all. And I'm still obsessed with all of my brand photos to this day. I use them literally every day. So there. (laughs) I love that. So yes, I am the public speaking strategist. We work with business owners and CEO leaders to use speaking whether that's on a stage or a podcast or webinars or live streaming to really extend the reach of the brand you've worked so hard to build. Because I found that when I first got into the business space after over a decade in the public speaking world, that business owners were really good at what they were really good at. And usually nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) That'll preach. And a big part of that was they were, you know, everybody was hosting events and people were speaking at conferences or launching podcasts. And they were so close to their craft that they didn't know how to take their expertise and turn it around in a way that would grow their business and leave their audience better than we found them. So we work really hard with business owners to make sure that speaking isn't a vanity metric inside of their business, that it's not something that they're doing just to say that they did it. But speaking is something that is driving their numbers, that's impacting their bottom line, and truly helping them make a bigger impact. I love that. I think that's that's amazing. Okay, so just to like go ahead and start, because we have so many questions that we want to answer uh, or have you answer and be able to pour in our community. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, Okay, first thing. So the business reboot started because we saw a need to help entrepreneurs scale, grow, pivot, and all that stuff in their businesses. We talk about it all the time. But does your business look like it did when you started? And have you made shifts over the years to niche down and grow in that way? Can you tell us about that? Absolutely not. Like, no, I'll tell you, but it does not look the same. (laughs) I was like, well, ma'am, I have another question if that one does not work for you. It just doesn't look anything like that. And I think one of the biggest things like that I can say, so I have been speaking for 17-ish years now and helping other business owners with speaking for about nine. And over, I'd say, let's focus on those nine years in business ownership and helping other people speak. My life has changed a lot in those years between having one kid to having a second kid to my, me, my, 
me working part-time with the kids while my spouse was at work to my spouse working with the kids full-time and me working full-time. Like we've had all these ups and downs. And then a year ago we sold our home, moved in to become primary caregivers to my father-in-law. So there's just been a lot of changes in my personal life and the changes in my business, the way we've restructured are directly related to support the personal life. And I, I love that. Yeah. I love can, <laughs> I we like, pause, can we like, pause on that for just a second? <laughs> yes. Because I feel like people don't talk about that. They they so much like they're I feel like there are two camps, especially with the females that we talk about that run businesses. They are either trying to absolutely hide their home private life and you can't know that their kid is like running around in the background or you can't know that they have a life outside of their business or it is so inundated that it's like can we excuse me, hello, you who we're over here, can we focus? Like I love that that you just said that admitting that your life does, it changes. And so should your business, like build the business so that it can pivot and grow the way that you are growing as a person, because that's just natural evolution as we, we grow. And I think so often in business, when you hear about evolution and how people are changing things or the next iteration, you hear because they set a path. They're like, well, this is my path to scale. We're going to do these things. And once I've done that, then I should do this. But my life is not linear and I doubt yours is too. <laughs> and right. So for me, being able to the way that I, I'm about to tell you of like how the business has changed, but I wanted to set the tone and say these changes are based on my life and the way that my life shifted over these this last decade. So don't take my plan and implement it unless your life looks weird like mine. <laughs> so <laughs> but, Amen. so when I first started my business, you know, I was working part-time with a little kid at home in between naps, doing the juggle. And I'm also, I'm a homeschooling mom, I should say. So I'm special. You're with, busy. Busy. <laughs> things. Mm-hmm. And at the time I, I started right out of the gate one to many. I started like with a group program. I started that and that had been a lot of the structure of my business for quite a while. I had a group program that we turned into a course and then with the course, I felt disconnected. I needed more connection. So we transformed the course into more intimate programs where we could have the, the like self-paced curriculum people could go through, but I was there for the coaching and support, which evolved into then taking it a step further and hosting in-person events where we could work together, which is my favorite part. Corey got to be a part of that. But I will tell you about a year ago when we took on caregiving, in my personal life. I did not anticipate how heavy that would be. I'm an introvert. We homeschool, caregive. My spouse works from home. That's five people in my house all day. Yeah. <laughs> and your people down. People That's a down. lot of people. And up until um, probably a year ago, the time we're listening to this, I had a large group coaching program where we had we were supporting about 40 business owners at any given time at a very high touch level where I'm looking at their work. I have one-on-one calls with them. We have group calls and I was really struggling with the group, not because I didn't love it, not because the people weren't amazing, not because the programming wasn't amazing, not because we didn't have great systems in place, but I was honestly just peopled out. Like in my life, when I left my house and came out to my little backyard office to work, I didn't want to deal, I couldn't not want, I couldn't deal with 40 different personalities. It was becoming way too heavy. So I made the decision to actually close the program down and go back to more intimate work. 
and focusing on working one-on-one um, with our clients, which has always kind of run in the background, but hadn't been the primary source. And we launched a shop as well to be able to kind of close this gap on the business owners we hadn't been able to serve before because maybe there had been too much of a barrier of entry as far as investment or time to be able to work with me. And now they could get the resources that they need. But really the big shift was understanding the way that I loved to work when we were at our old house and there were more boundaries and more white space was not going to be the same way I would be able to work here where things are maybe a little more chaotic, but still great, (laughs) um, that I needed to make sure that I was protecting my heart and my mental health so that I could be in this for the long haul. You know, it's not a quick win thing around here. Amen. Well, and what I love that you said, and I think this is important for all of our listeners to to glean from this, is that we build these businesses to mesh and support the lives we want to live. Melissa and I are so passionate mm-hmm. about that, that we see all of these other entrepreneurs out there who are like, this, like you said, this is the way you do it. You go from step A to B to C to D. Ultimately, you are meant to build the six and seven figure business. And then that's the marker of success. And really what we are trying to to express to people is that especially if you have a business that you, you created or started before you had children and before life happened and all these unknowns, unknown forces can come in. And like you said, now you're caregiving and you're homeschooling and all these things that happen in life, they do impact your business and your business also impacts your life. And so I love the fact that you are giving by sharing your story, giving other people permission to have a business and say, it is not working with the life that I am currently living Mm-hmm. whether by choice or by you know circumstances this is what i need to do to change my business and giving yourself permission giving your family permission to make it all work so that you're all supported i, love I know it would yeah. have been easier probably or easy to just in that moment of saying you know this isn't working well maybe i should just put my kids in school so that i can have that business everybody else talks about right but that's not how i operate it was a matter of this is what i want for my family and what changes need to happen to support both of that i want to make sure that our clients are happy that my family is happy and that i'm happy because if one of those are off base it's going to bleed into the other if things are rough in the home i'm not going to perform well with my clients. If things are off with my clients, I'm going to go back into my home after work with some level of frustration. And I want, I just want to keep the peace. Well, well, and I think that there's a lot of glorification of dissatisfaction in business. That is, you know, I know we all talk about and know about pain point marketing um, and how it like draws people in because, you know, we want to be pitching the transformations, but let's tell them how bad everything is and why they need us type of a situation. But, but there is something like really ridiculously beautiful and awesome about satisfaction. Not everything has to scale and be bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, that is, I will say that is one lesson that Corey and I um, I learned with the business reboot is now we're two years in. Well, in November, it'll be two years. And we sat back at, with each other a couple months ago and we said, well, you know, when we, you know, hit these certain markers, like, are we cool to just like, let it ride, like keep doing, keep growing, but, but it doesn't have to always be bigger and better. And I think that when people, um, when they, refuse to let their, well, and not refuse because it makes it sound like they're protesting it, but when they, they don't allow their lives to dictate how their business grows and it, it 
is this like reverse, there's never any satisfaction because there's always going to be more that you're doing or more that somebody else is doing that, um, that you see. And, and if you're not careful, like comparing yourself to, it'll just be detrimental. And I think that that makes us stuck as entrepreneurs instead of helping us pivot in ways that are going to benefit the people that we got to look at every single day in our house, you know, more, which, which are the ones that we, you know, should really be mattering more than anything. So I love that. I love that. So Jess, I have another quick question. So we follow you on Instagram and love all that you share about speaking. Please go follow Jessica because every nugget she drops is golden. Um, Melissa and I have both done quite a bit of speaking in recent years and been a part of events like conferences and summits. And ultimately, we created the business reboot on our own to incorporate some of those things. But could you share why you think it's so important to serve and grow an audience through speaking engagements and, and how they could utilize those outlets to invite people into their current offers. Because I will also caveat this whole question with the fact that some of the talks that you've may have been, that you've listened to when you've been to some big events, um, Jessica helped or did craft a lot of those talks. And so (laughs) she is like the guru of talks. And um, could you just share a little bit about the importance of serving and growing an audience through speaking? Yeah. If you've, I don't. I don't usually pat my own back, but if you've been you to a conference in the last ten years, you've seen one of my speeches. But maybe well, not by me. But you've seen yeah. one that I've written. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> lots of them. Not one. Lots of them. Probably. Right. Probably a lot. <laughs> and um, you know, I I could go on and on all day about the benefit of speaking because it's something that is just so near and dear to my heart on so many levels, but like we live in such a broken world. And Mm -hmm. to think that, you know, especially today in a world where we're constantly being inundated with information and stories and things that break our heart constantly, it's like you have the power to change the narrative that people are receiving every day. Like you just Mm -hmm. talked about the doom and gloom and the pain points that we're constantly, I bet you could open up your Instagram reels right now. And it's like, oh, if you're struggling with this, like, all of these hooks of what you're doing wrong. And it's like when you decide to show up and be the face of your brand, whether that's on a podcast or on a main stage or at a summit or anything like that, like you get to decide what messages are getting put out into the world right now. Like you get to be that beacon of hope for people, but also strategically as a business owner, it is one of the most powerful and low barrier things that you can do to grow your business. When I first came into the business space from the public speaking world, I didn't know what I was doing when it came to tech. I didn't have an email list or funnels or none. Forget all the lingo. I didn't know what any of that was. I sold out my first group coaching program via presentations, live streaming on Periscope, sold it out with nothing. Yeah, Periscope, man. Periscope. This is old. <laughs> That's right. I was like, look we at that relic. <laughs> Girl, you make good company. Good company. <laughs> and why? Because speaking builds trust. You know, when you get up there and people get to hear your heart and like look into your eyes, even if it's through a screen, hear your story, when you can deliver a message that meets them right where they are and helps them take that next step. It's a no-brainer. They don't have to go through some long, drawn-out journey. It shortens your customer journey so much. But, like, we live in a world where you could throw up a website tonight and call yourself an expert on anything. 
anything. Yes, we do. Oh my <laughs> you gosh. Know? Yes. And yep. it is harder and harder not just to grab the attention of our audience, but to keep it and build mm. trust. And the more that you can show up and people can hear from you and not just hear you regurgitate the three steps you could have pulled from chat GPT, but hear you share your experiences, your perspective, you you know, what's working right now, the lessons you've learned from those three steps. That's the stuff that lets people know you are the real deal. You are here, you know, and that's why like we were talking about this the pressure that people will put on people for sales of, Oh, you need this right now. Like I feel so confident at the end of a presentation being like, and then whenever you're ready, you know, I'm going to be here. Like there's no arm twisting needed because like the door is always open. And when it comes to speaking, it's just, it's something that once you understand how it works, you understand the science behind it. You can use it on any platform. It's not like learning. Oh, let me learn reels. No, it's learning how to show up and speak so that you could make a reel, you could make a YouTube video, you could have a podcast, you could launch a webinar, you could get on a stage, do a summit. Like I could go on and on and on. It's it's learning to show up and communicate your brand story in a way that meets your audience where they are. And I will just die on that hill. It's the best thing you can do for your business. I love that. I love that. That's so good. The end. No, we're kidding. Okay. Okay. So we're we've been talking a lot in in the last couple of months on our podcast about authenticity and showing up as yourself in your business. We're talking a lot about communication right now. And I mean, both Corey and I will tell you that some of the most impactful moments we've ever had have been listening to certain podcasts or listening to stories people have told from a stage. Um, you know, that we talk a lot about how effective communication in your business is huge. And so um, we wanted to ask about this. This is, we. I wrote out a question and says, obviously it's an effective like tool speaking and being on a larger scale and larger reach. It's going to help you be able to connect with potential clients. But what do you think about people who shy away from that? I mean, I know that we have clients who are like, I just have a really hard time showing up in stories. And the thought, if it's scary to show up in stories, it's going to be real scary to make yourself, uh, you know, on a main stage, whichever, whatever way that is, doesn't have to actually be a stage, but it could be a podcast or a video or things like that. So what do we say? Like, how can you help remedy this for people when, you know, they don't see speaking as a viable pillar in their marketing plan? Did I mention that I'm an introvert? Because I'm a real big introvert. I I am so happy being in the background. (laughs) And no, but I think so often when we think about speaking, I mean, literally, I work with business, business owners on this every single day. So I've heard every excuse. You've got nothing new and special to give me. Okay, (laughs) nothing. And I've heard it all. And so often those fears, the insecurity, the hesitation to show up as the face of our business is rooted in what other people are going to think about us. You know, what if I stumble? What will they think? What will I say? And so much of that, especially if when you've worked really hard to build a brand you're proud of, it's this fear of, well, if I start speaking, I'm going to taint that image. I'm not going to look as polished, right? My graphics are beautiful. My photos are beautiful. And now I'm going to stumble over my words. And your audience doesn't actually care about that part at all. Mm -hmm. And when you can really start to make the shift to think about the impact that you're going to make, everything changes. Like I, I want you to think about no matter what kind of work you do, 
a client, a student, somebody that you have worked with over the years, think about that one person that the transformation still like brings a smile to your face. Like, you know how they were when you first met them, all of their fears and hesitations or their roadblocks, the things that they wanted to achieve. And when you helped them over that hump, when you got them to the end goal, like what were they able to do in their life and their business? And there are so many people right now that are waiting on the other side of that uncomfortable Instagram story or reel waiting for exactly what you have to share. Mm. And it's not about the people you're comparing yourself to. It's not about the people who told you you couldn't. It's about all the people who are waiting quietly, lurking on the sidelines for you to give them a permission slip. And I think mm -hmm. once we start to shift our perspective about what speaking means, not only to us, but to our business, but the people who will sit in the audience, it now becomes like this obligation and this responsibility to show up for them. And like for me, that's where it all comes from. It's it's not something that I want to do for Spotlight, but knowing that if I can get up there and I can pour into them, I have an opportunity to hand them the microphone or shine the light on them. And that just changes the whole way you look at it. I love I love that reminder, Jessica, because Melissa and I get asked this often too. Is like, well, how, like how, how did you start a podcast? I'm like, because like it, it we don't know what we're doing. It's an act of service. Like we look at it as a mission, um, a calling, if you will, however you want to label that. But it's not about us. It's not for us. It's for the people who are listening. It's for the guests that we get to interact with and, and shine, like you just said, shine a light on them. And instead of saying like, well, what could happen if it's, but what if we don't? Like, what mm -hmm. if we don't act on this gift we have or this knowledge we have or this heart that we have for the mission that we are trying to help people with? What if we don't? And I think that that is, especially being a person of faith of like, well done, good and faithful servant. Like, you did everything that you could with that gift that you have. And so I think for those of us who are more introverted or introverted extroverts. Um, I love that you pointed at you like you were introvert. You are fibbing. She's I can fibbing. put on a good it's show a to be a little extroverted, but I like to recoil back into my like <laughs> sanctuary. Um, and I can only people, I'm like Jessica, I can only people for so long. And then I'm right. like, I don't recharge with people. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that that is a very important reminder that you just mm -hmm. shared right there is. Well, certain. yeah. And, and, and it is really refreshing to hear people other than us talking about leading with heart, because I think that people, like we forget that um, we're not all in a Tom Hanks world and you've got mail for us, many of us, business is very personal. And um, you know what, especially a lot of the people who are in our community, they're solopreneurs or they're, you know, small businesses that are really small, sub 10 people that work for them. And that, that gives you touch points to the people that you're working with, but also allows you to have real different kind of impact than something that's a lot larger. And, um, you know, we tell people all the time in our individual coaching and then together with all the reboot coaching that, um, you know, not trying to make you feel bad, but not you in, as an individual, but these businesses, but like people are waiting for what you have to say. And I think that watching people recoil and not want to share and not want to open up their mouth and not want to be on, on things like stories or being afraid to show up, it shows the lack of confidence in their own voice. And I'm like, man, if people could just realize how much the words that they have to say and the experiences that they have to share um, 
are so needed because if not, we hear like the clanging noise and symbols of the same voices over and over and over again. And it'll beat you up if it's not the right fit for you. So I, I love that. I love it. And as much as I'm here to give you the pep talk and tell you that uncomfortable reality, it, there's a tactical aspect too. You know, mm-hmm. it, it takes practice. And I know that's yeah. not sexy and nobody wants to hear it, but it's right. your first presentation isn't going to be great. Okay. It's not. So you should probably do it on a small stage. And <laughs> start small, then grow right. big. Yeah. You know, start yes. with your Instagram stories. They'll be gone in 24 hours. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but you need and to six start. people will see them. That's fine. Yeah. That. In yeah. today's yeah. world. Unless it's yeah. something, unless it's really bad, then everyone yeah. will see it. It's your dogs. <laughs> if it's your dogs, 243 people will see it. But if it's something impactful, it's eight. Everybody sees my chickens. Did I take time to edit a reel? No one will see that. <laughs> Melissa, it's not just us. It is I not know, just look us. I love this. Thank you, Jessica. Love it. Thank but you. it really does. The more you practice and prepare, like practice doesn't make perfect, but it does make confident. And this magical thing happens that when you put the time into creating your like signature talk and you build it with confidence and intention to know it's going to work for your business and you practice it strategically by the time you get up on that stage, there's this muscle memory aspect. Mm-hmm. You know what you're doing up there. You're ready to go. And you also know your message enough that you can adjust on the fly. You're confident answering questions from the audience. You're not just, you know, a rehearsed robot, but you can be in an interview like this and know what your sound bites are. That doesn't happen overnight. It takes work. work. But you can't wait until your business is where you want it to be until you start working on that muscle. It's something to start strengthening right away because it will grow with you as your business grows. Ooh, that was good. That's a good one. That was, that was good. a good one. Well, Melissa one. mentioned impact a few minutes ago. So we know that you actually did a recent podcast episode on um, impact that you can make from the stage. So can you share a little more about that and what you've watched entrepreneurs be able to do as far as impact goes? Because I think too, like we just talked kind of, kind of did a little glimpse of that as to the impact you can make in helping others. And then we also know that it can make a big impact on your own business. But what are some of the things you've watched other entrepreneurs be able to do from the stage? Oh yeah, absolutely. So there's, there's like different routes with speaking, right? I try to, I bucket into, into three categories as far as like building your influence, getting sales for your business or being paid to speak. So a lot of times when somebody's coming to me and they're like, I'm new in my business or we're pivoting, we're going to serve a new client. I've watched them be able to leverage, leverage speaking to carve out themselves as the go-to expert in their industry where the referral rates are through the roof, they're booked out. Like they have used that to corner their market and build fast influence. And it works so well. On the flip side of that, we have other business owners who already have that. They're like, I'm known for what I do. I have this stuff set up, but I need more sales. I need more leads. I need more clients. And they come in with a different strategy and they're able to sell out all of their programs, you know, sell more products if they have them, create these wait lists for clients because they're getting in front of the right audiences and sharing that message that they need. I mean, people who have gone from, you know, having hitting that ceiling in their business to going full scale, multiple six figures, million dollar businesses that they never expected without working more. Like there is this magic of speaking where you can, I don't want to like sell this promise of do less and make more, but rather than dumping a bunch of money into ads or constantly trying a new strategy, 
You're taking your communication strategy and putting it in the right rooms. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. It's getting more targeted with the message you already have instead of constantly trying to reinvent the wheel. And I think we're them rooms. We're them rooms. I'll tell you. <laughs> That's right. We, you know, so often business owners, they get stuck and they start spinning their wheels because, you know, chasing the next new shiny thing, the thing everyone else is trying. And it's the iterations where the magic happens. It's the dialing it up. It's the looking at the message and figuring out how can I make this better and how do I get it in front of more people? And that's it. Like That's all you do. <laughs> and you're able to get better at sharing the message and reach more people. Now, finding those rooms is really easy. It just depends what you want speaking to do for your business. I'll tell you how to find one right now. Okay. So Jessica grab a pencil. Has a list. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do this. So if, for example, sweet clicking. You <laughs> actually grab your phone. Don't even grab your pen. Just grab your phone. Okay. Um, Going on the internet. <laughs> and I want you to think. So for most of you, I'm going to say your goal is either to increase your. First influence. of all, I'm literally hitting. I'm looking at myself okay. on the screen like I'm listening to my own <laughs> podcast. Like, okay, go tell me. <laughs> okay, go ahead. You're probably, you're probably speaking because you want to get either you want brand recognition, you want people to know who you are, or you want new clients. So either way, your goal is going to be to get in front of your clients, people like your clients. So all you have to do is ask them where they're hanging out. I promise it's not that hard. You can literally go to your Instagram stories right now, pop up a question box and ask your audience, if you're a business person, for example, what business podcasts are you loving right now? You're going to get an entire list of podcasts that you could pitch to speak on. Just send me a check. I had it's not fine. thought about that, girl. Okay. <laughs> you are brilliant. Melissa, so, write that down. Melissa got the I'm, I'm trying. I'm on my phone. I'm trying to write it. Hold on. <laughs> but you can take this, like, when you make that a part of your business, and you can ask questions like that, like, what podcasts are you listening to? What conferences are you going to? What communities are a part of? What leaders do you follow? It gives you a direct line to the rooms you need to be in because your audience is there. People like your audience are there. So you can ask on your social platforms. You can work it into your emails once every month or once every quarter. You can make it a part of your intake forms when you're bringing on new clients to start to create a database of where people are hanging out. Yes, you can Google. I've got formulas for that too for searching for events, but nothing is going to be faster, easier, and more reliable than simply asking your people where they are. So brilliant. It's a little bit annoying how I know. that was. And I'm like, it's fine. I'm like, We're when fine. you say that, I'm like, I knew that. Like, what? Why? I needed the reminder. Thank you. It, it is so simple that it's hard. It is. It <laughs> is. <laughs> that's it. it. Is. That's it. But we're all in okay. our own bubbles. Yeah. You know, we're right. all, we only see what we see in our little bubble. And sometimes you just have to phone a friend. And in this case, your friend is your client. Yes. That's right. That's and, right. And things change too. Trends change. New people come onto the scene that, that they, that people are drawn to. And I mean, you and I know from the connections that we have from, you know, the past, let's say six years, seven years, eight years, how many of those business owners that you and I know have pivoted, have changed, have grown, have scaled back. I mean, like, it, the industry, we were just talking about this earlier on a podcast interview that Melissa and I were a part of, is that the industry is, it's, it's fluctuating, it's changing. And what was 
what what once was no longer is. And so mm-hmm. that is a very good reminder to tap into that. And that's mm-hmm. why you'll notice yep. one of the questions I shared was like, what leaders do you like learn from or what leaders are you following? Because that's going to keep you on the radar of emerging leaders and potential hosts, people who maybe aren't hosting an event yet, but people with communities become the event hosts. So you want to look for people who are building communities because they're the ones who are going to start hosting events. I love that. Well, y'all better watch out because my eyes are on you now. (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to ask kind of a little spicy question. Okay. Because we were on, Corey and I were being interviewed for a podcast a, a few minutes ago. And one of the things that we were talking about has how there's this misconception that everybody should be an entrepreneur. And I do not believe that <laughs> because, because I, I just think that, it, I mean, it, you got to want it in order to, to make it happen. And so, um, so here's my question is that I, I also don't think that everybody who's an expert is fit to be on a stage. Okay. So what do you think about, um, what, like what makes the perfect candidate for somebody that's, that's speaking, let's say they're using speaking to, uh, they want to be on a, uh, do events and things like that. Like what level of expertise, personality traits, level of professionalism and enthusiasm, uh, just describe the type of person that you believe would be an incredible person to share education with the world from a speaker's perspective. That's such a great question. Cause I, I was talking about this the other day with somebody about a mastermind she was launching and she was Actually, I thought it was a sales call for me, but she like tricked me and it was a sales call for her. I didn't really enjoy that. So oh. let's, let's like not do that marketing tactic. But what anyways, not to do. what not to so do. I did not join said mastermind. But oh. I, one of the things I was asking her was I was at this point, I was like, well, now I'm curious. Like, I'm going to ask you all kinds of questions. And I was asking her about the people in the group. Like, how does she decide someone's good for this? Right. Because I think so often when you ask a question like that, people will be like, oh, well, they're five years in business and they make this much money. And I have learned that means squat. <laughs> and yep. In yes. fact, Corey, you think back to your round of this of our uh, mastermind. And right. the people in that room were at different, very different levels in business. Some right. were very new, some very seasoned. But there was something that I was looking for in all of you. And that's what I will share here <laughs> is yes. I don't think it's years in business or amount of money that makes a difference. Here's the things that make you a great speaker. One is a desire to actually leave people better than you found them. Like that's mm-hmm. important. You have to have a heart to serve. If you're lacking yes. that, your message is going to fall flat. Like I could give you all the strategy, but there's always going to be something missing that you can't put your finger on. And it's that. So if you're doing it for spotlight and not to like make an impact, it's not going to work. I know it works when you go and give the talk and then you're messaging me. You're like, oh my gosh, just wait till you, I tell you what they said after, like when you're lighting up from Mm -hmm. the feedback, like, you know, you're doing the right thing to you, while you don't have to have been in business for a decade to start speaking, you have to have done the thing or help people do the thing because information is not enough. You need to have case studies. You need to have examples. You need to be able to showcase how that theory works. Theory alone can be read in a book. It can be found online and people are not looking to speakers for theory. They're looking or chat for- GPT. <laughs> no, they don't care. <laughs> you know, we are in a we like short form video has ruined us for how tos. We don't need it. We don't want it. We can get it anywhere. 
if you're going to share the how to's, they want to see what did that look like? What did you learn? How did that apply? So you've got to have a passion to serve your audience and you have to have the receipts to back it up really is what it is. You've got to have the receipts to back up whatever you're telling them because I've seen it. Um, nope, not going to out anybody. I see I'm like, but you've seen it, right? Like you've been at the stages where somebody has been like, well, here's the three things to do X, Y, Z. And then it comes to Q and a time and someone asks a question and they're like, uh, I don't know. And I'm not saying you have to have all the answers as a speaker. You don't, but if, you can't, if you have not applied or helped someone else apply what you're teaching on, it's not time yet. And that's right. okay. You can keep working on getting those clients or putting that information into action, but you've got to have implementation of the information in order to share it from the stage. You'll tell and us who you're talking about like, after we start recording. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to put that on a shirt. Implementation. Yeah. <laughs> information. Yes. Yes. Well, and 100%. Melissa, Melissa and I were just talking about this um, earlier about like transformation stories. Like you, somebody was asking about coaching and talking about, you know, the hot button issues of when, when should you coach? Like, what, what are you qualified to coach? And talking about how, you know, is it years in business? Is it amount of money you made? Exactly what you're talking about. And looking at, well, what is the transformation? Like, how have you helped people? Like you just said, it's the implementation of the things you're talking about, the things you're speaking on, the things you're teaching. And how have you helped somebody with that information? What has it looked like in your business or somebody else's? I should also add an asterisk warning with that as well. That if this is something that you need a certification or and or a license for, don't talk about it like legal, finance. Leave that to people who yes. are supposed to be talking about it. The coaching world gets a little weird. So I want to yes, make sure does. I hit on that. The coaching <laughs> world gets real weird. I don't know. It's I mean, real weird. I get it. Yeah. I mean, when I first started the coaching side of my business, I'm extra and needed validation. So I like I went through coaching certification because I questioned my worth in doing that. <laughs> but I don't think that is necessarily an indicator of being ready to coach. I just think I was scared. But there are things too. It's like if this is a topic that is outside of your wheelhouse, leave that to somebody who should be speaking on it. I'm sure there are plenty of topics that you are more than qualified to talk on. Right. Well, it, would, like, it actually make me respect you more as uh, a speaker if you say, you know what, I'm not qualified on that, I, or I, that's not my area of expertise, but I could suggest so and so to talk to you about that because everybody feels like they have to be the one stop yes man and like answer every question. And I'm like, no, that's not. I'm not qualified for that. Well, and that's like at our retreat. You know, we 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 can't we don't give text tips or information. We we bring in Chad Brown, who is our CPA, who is specialized in small business, you know, accounting, because that's not. I would never tell people like this is this is what you should do. <laughs> don't want to do it. I don't want the tax IRS issues. Don't ask me all those questions because I'm afraid I'll give you the wrong answer. So it's one of those things that, like you said, go to the source. And if you're not the source, don't talk on it. There are more than enough stages for everyone. And just because an opportunity comes across your desk, you don't have to say yes to it. There will be more. So saying yes to something that you're maybe not ready for is outside of your wheelhouse. It's only going to end up harming you in the long term when it comes to your speaking career. So making sure that you're saying yes to the ones that light you up, 
that make you want to serve that audience. And you know, you have stories to bookend all of your teaching points. Like if I'm going to say first step would be to do X, I better have a story of what X looks like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As if you come to me and you're like, Jess, write my talk for me. I will say yes. And you don't have that story. I'm going to say, I'm sorry, ma'am. You should not be speaking on this. And I've only had to do that twice. In 10 years, I've only had to do that twice. That's good. Yep. You'll tell us who that was for too? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So can we, can we, just because we've only got a couple more minutes, can we rapid fire some like fun questions for I'm you? Here for it. Okay. Fabulous. But Fabulous. also a little uncomfortable because introverts like, hmm, what? What are the questions? <laughs> like, what are these questions going to be? Okay. They're easy. What has been your biggest aha moment in business? Um, the first conference I attended as a business owner is I was really working on storytelling at the time, not actual speech structure. That's when I saw firsthand that business owners like did not know how to speak. That was my aha. I left that conference and was like, well, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> I love, I love it. it. I love it. Okay. Where do you see Speak to Scale in the next three, five, 10 years? Where, uh, you, where are you going? We, again, like I talked a little bit about, we've brought things in more and we are, have made some shifts to be able to support with the implementation more. We are focusing more on being able to help speakers actually put those strategies into action. So I've seen so many great business owners who have the best intentions and they want to speak and they hire us or they go through our programs and they like write a talk and they get all the strategy and then they go back to their business and it's too busy and they don't have time to find events and reach out. And we may or not have a new offer where we can actually help business owners do the heavy lifting so that oh, they can continue to make ma'am. a bigger impact in the world. We're going to talk about that when we're done too. We'll also off the record that one as well. Okay, that's good. That's good. All right. So what resources would you recommend to our community to help them add speaking to their business? And like the resource could be you. Like they, you should just hire me. Um, But what are some great resources? I think the biggest thing is getting clear on why you want to speak, you know, like personally and professionally. It's a, it's a two part question. Don't worry. It's not a trick question, (laughs) but like get really clear on why you want to speak. What difference do you want to make in the world? And what do you want speaking to do for your business? Because when you know those two things, you know, okay, you know what you're supposed to be talking about. You know what events you're going to be at. Like you see the big picture. And if you're listening to this show, you like podcasts and I'm a podcast host myself of the speak to scale podcast. I would tell you, come listen there and binge all the speaking things. But I, I got a short cut for you. I put together a small six-part private podcast that's like your cliff notes cheat sheet to scaling with business with speaking. And you can find that at speaktoscalepodcast.com forward slash private. It'll be like your jumping off point. Everything you need as if like I'm in your corner coaching you to start speaking and it's totally free. Well, we will have Zach put that in our show notes. So we will write that down and make sure that that goes yes. in there for everybody. So you have a direct link. Awesome. I love that. I love, love that. that. Okay. Favorite business tool right now or a personal tool, anything that's making your life better and easier. This is so not sexy and so silly. So I'm about to show my nerdiness. My favorite thing making my life easier right now is my egg steamer. And I have zero shame about oh, this. I love that. <laughs> I have have 13 chickens and (laughs) we eat a lot of eggs. I have 10. I have 10. I love that. (laughs) Yes. I'm a chicken lady. I get it. And the egg steamer is just the greatest thing. We just pop all the eggs in there, hit the button, and I've got like 14 eggs peeled, ready to go. Like, it's the best. 
Well, shut so, up. Here I come, Amazon. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could use like ClickUp, but you could also get an egg steamer. This is how we pull the curtain back on the Business Review podcast That's and right. show you That's all right. the ways that we are living our best life. Egg steamers and ClickUp. There you go. <laughs> okay, so Jessica, how can our people connect with you and work with you? Do you have any current offers or new offers uh, that you're super excited about? Because we want to make sure everyone can find you and follow you and hire you after this interview is over. That's what they're looking for. Well, first off, thanks so much for having me. I'm super easy to find. You can find me on like any platform at Jessica Rasdell or go to um, JessicaRasdell.com. We just make it really easy with all the things. But (laughs) (laughs) I would say your best place to start is start with that private podcast. I feel like it's going, it's literally going to be like, I designed it for somebody who's saying, you know what? I'm ready. I need to figure this thing out. Start there. Start with that. It's a Again, I'm going to remember this. Speak to scale podcast.com slash private. Start there and then send me a message on Instagram. Let me know when you get through that first episode, what speaking is looking like for you when you get to episode two and you're trying to figure out your topics. Like I want to hear. I love to hear your ahas. I love to hear the things that you're figuring out for your strategy. Just send me a message over on Instagram and we can chat about it. I love that. And let me just tell you that that. she is in her DMs. That's how Jessica and I met was on Instagram. And so when people are like, that never happens, that's not real. Yes, we are proof right here (laughs) that you can end up with a business coach through Instagram and um, it pays off really big in the long run. So thank you, Jessica. No, look, I really, I do want to hear. (laughs) This is so fun. This is so fun. Well, we so appreciate you just coming and pouring so much information out for our community This has been such a fun episode. Guys, we will be back next week with another episode of the Business Reboot Podcast. Remember, you can reach out to us on our website at thebusinessreboot.com. You can connect with us through email at thebusinessreboot at gmail.com or on Instagram at businessreboot. We are waiting to hear all your burning questions and uh, just can't wait to see you next week on another episode of the Business Reboot Podcast. (laughs) 